Welcome to the Down to Business Podcast with Alex Kirby, where entrepreneurs and small businesses come to stretch themselves and grow their company. From interviews to in-depth discussions, you'll learn how to market effectively, increase profits, and become the leader your company needs you to be. Now, let's get down to business. What's going on, everybody? This is Alex Kirby, host of the Down to Business Podcast, where your business is our business. We get in the middle of what you're doing in your life, in your business, your finances, and marketing, and try to help you grow in any way we can to make your business better or to start one if you haven't yet. My name is Alex Kirby again, here in Columbia, South Carolina, recording this episode on a rainy, rainy day. We have had 12 inches of rain here in the last 10 days. And I'm here today with my uncle, Paul Kirby, who... I liken you, Uncle Paul, as um, like the Dosecki's guy, one of the most interesting men in the world. You are an outstanding entrepreneur, and I think that your story, and I can't wait to just discuss this, is one of the more interesting things in this life that I know. You, I'll let you talk about you know where you you started, what careers you had, and then what you're now doing currently that has absolutely blown up and had national attention. I know you're. Um, I don't, your stories and your feeds have reached, you know, millions of people now, uh, been on Fox. I've, I remember that a few years ago, your coverage has been on Fox, seeing it, everything amazing. And so, um, first off, I want to thank you for being here, Uncle Paul. And, and, uh, I think our listeners are going to really be inspired today, um, by, you know, that's kind of what we're trying to do. We're trying to inspire people to who, who think that either they can't do it or they're limited to what they can do when they're already doing it. We're trying to push people through that ceiling, and that's what you did, absolutely. So, Uncle Paul, thanks for being here. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate being here. You're welcome. So tell us a little bit, Uncle Paul, just on your background, uh, because your background is important to know, because it's so amazing once people hear what you ended up doing and pivoting. I don't want to blow what your business is today. Um, I want you to announce that first, but kind of tell people a little bit about your background and then what you are currently doing as a business owner. Well, quickly as a background, your your dad, who's two years older than I, and I, we had another brother who's passed named Mark, grew up on Lake Murray, beautiful lake here in the middle of South Carolina, right on the banks, nice house, boats before we had cars, mm-hmm. and everybody thought it was perfect. But inside, there were some problems. There were some emotional problems with parent uh, that had uh, some uh, mental illness, and right. it made it uh, an unhappy place to be home all the sure. time. Um, two of us, your dad and I, myself, uh, found that we could go to work and it was a happier place to be. Uh, the younger brother went a different way and he is, was, is no longer with us. Um, so we began to work at a very young age. I think I was about 12. Your dad was 14. We worked at a fish camp, went to work in a boat in the morning. I held a flashlight and your dad drove and we stayed and worked all day long. So we had this work ethic where work kind of became our family. Right. Uh, pros and cons of that we can talk about later on. Um, still looking for a family. When I got out of high school, I went to work at a gas station and I realized that my two bosses were volunteer firemen. And when the fire came in, I had to stay at work and the bosses got to go have a good time. Mm-hmm. Now, your Nana always told me, don't get wet. Don't get dirty and don't play with fire. So I became a volunteer fireman and then got hired and quickly began to get paid to do all three. Okay, so and the fire station became my family. Right, I, you know I never went home. There's a I, lot of camaraderie in that I've seen. It is, and 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 so I found something that made me extremely happy, and I got paid to do it. Mm-hmm. Now I didn't get paid much, but I never asked what I was going to get paid when I took the job. That's um, not what we do these days, is it? Yeah, no, it's not, and it's sad because my number one rule in business would be find something that fulfills you. Because right. if you don't like going to work, you're not 
not going to do a good job at what you're That's doing. That's a great point. So I stayed with the fire service for many, many years. I I was uh, rookie of the year, first year. Mm-hmm. I, by the time I had left, I was Lex County firefighter year, Lex County fire officer of the year, and Lex County fire instructor of the year at least wow. once. Uh, I taught for the State and National Fire Academy. But in the middle of it, I began to write. And the reason it was because I was playing with a computer. Mm-hmm. I had never seen one before. We got the first one, and it had a word processor on it. And to tell you how long ago this was, the word processing program was Works. Now there was a battle between Word and Works, and we obviously know who won that mm-hmm. battle. But <laughs> I, I wrote a story about some little boys in, uh, it had been a drought, not like we're having now. Mm-hmm. They were floating some leaves in a puddle in front of the fire station in the street. And I was just playing with the word processor, thought it was neat. And so I wrote a story about these little boys playing. Right. The mayor of the town was an ad exec for a community newspaper called The Chronicle, which is still in business. It's a print paper. And she came in, saw it, asked who wrote it. I said, I did. I was in my early 20s. I had a college, uh, high school education, never had been to a college. Mm-hmm. Um, almost flunked out of English in high school. Wow. But I read a tremendously. Your grandmother, Kirby, mm-hmm. um, knew I liked to read. So she was very sly about it. She would not say, hey, I bought you a book, but she would bring a box of books and say, son, these are all about guy things. I don't know why I ended up with them, but here, you can have them. Right. She would she would get boys' life and swear she had ordered better homes and gardens. <laughs> and she kept me reading all the time, so I learned to write that way. Um, the man who owned the newspaper read the, the little piece I wrote, called and asked if he wanted if I would write a weekly column for him, and I did for over nine years. I did not even know that. Yes, I actually wrote for the state paper. A little bit. Mm. I wrote a food tasting column where they uh, had me taste different new foods and things, including Coca-Cola in a bottle versus a can. That's is a pretty a good little gig, a little free food and writing. That's exactly right. So we did that a little while. Um, but then I fought fire for many years, got married, um, fought fire till I tore uh, my knee up. Mm-hmm. Um, had to leave that, did a little remodeling that I really did not enjoy. Right. Did not like going to work, but I did that for myself. And I got hired by a company in Myrtle Beach. Uh, I was taught another business, the business of moving water in storms, which would be important today right. as it's pouring down right. right outside, making concrete pipe and boxes. Went to Myrtle Beach for two years, learned how to do that. My wife was pregnant, wanted to come home. We came back and we took a leap of faith and started a company called Southern Sidework Suppliers. Did that about seven and a half years until the fallout of 2007 through nine. Recession, yeah. When we were doing nearly a million dollars worth a year and we would drop to 300,000 in three months. Amazing. Isn't it? And at the same time, my health was failing. Right. So I completely retired because of my health, got depressed, let my body get way out of shape, was dying. Um, through the grace of the good Lord, got healthy again with the help of a great doctor. And my wife looked at me one day and said, you need to get off the couch and quit watching SVU reruns and do something. <laughs> well, your dad and I neither have hobbies. Our hobby was going to work. Right. It's also escape, and that's not the right way. Your mom has taught me this, mm-hmm. is that when, when trouble comes, don't just go to work. You right. have to deal with the issue. Right. And we were very much, when trouble comes, we get going to work. Right. Um, so we had no hobbies but work. Um, I didn't know what to do. I went fishing for nine months, and then my wife said, enough already. We've got more fish than we'll ever eat, and there's cats all over the back porch where you're cleaning them. Um, so I thought about what else I could do. I knew I could write. 
and I was mad at the news coverage I was getting. And you were how old at this time? Um, this will show people. That I was this- in my early fifties, unbelievable. Uh, maybe late forties, early fifties. Yeah. Uh, completely retired because right. of health. Right. And and just was angry at what product I was getting. Um, so explain. Let's explain to people the problem. So is so the national news. We have local news stations. Correct. National news had become. Uh, so exorbitant that they were basically copy and pasting what they were seeing from the national news to the local people yes. for no reason. I have no yes. idea why they would think that would be a good business move. So the local news, town council stuff, races that where were going the fire on truck was here, going. where the fire, why there was a fire, who passed away uh, because of a bad accident, that stuff was completely not covered anymore. And that's what frustrating you, right? That's exactly right. And we have a river here called the Congaree that right. separates Columbia and West Columbia and Lexington County and Richland County. Right. And most of those stations are based in the city of Columbia. Right. And I would jokingly, sadly say, you have to kill your wife to get them to come to the side of the river. Right. And that was true. They would come over here for the most terrible news, but they wouldn't tell you that somebody just got an Eagle Scout award right. or that somebody's house burned and they need help because they didn't have insurance for one reason or another. Right. And people wanted to know. They would hear the fire trucks. They would hear the police cars. They would see the police cars, the crime scene tape up. And unless it was, again, a murder. Right, something crazy. Yeah, they didn't. It was not in the local news. It was, you know, what they were doing in Washington and three little news stories about who got killed in another county. Right. So I said, I'm going to write about what I know, what's happening with my neighbors. I did not know how to build a website. So I went on a package program and I figured it out. I remember right before I launched it, I lost the whole thing and had to start again. <laughs> and um, and so I, but I figured it out. I was not a Facebook person. I was not a social media person. Right. Um, so what I did is I, I built a website and I called it the Southwest Lexington Ledger. And that's important because it was south of I-20 and west of I-26. Our main interstate. Yeah, our main yeah. interstate. Our two main interstates. Yeah. It was the corner where I lived. Right. And I said, there's no way that Paul can do the whole thing. But let me cover my area. Right. So I just started writing about what happened. I got right. some old fire radios out and started listening. I found out that reporters had gotten lazy, Alex. Right. They're not even using the scanners. They weren't using radios. They didn't. I threw everybody off. They were doing what I call press release well, news. But let's make people, make sure our listeners understand. You literally didn't have any idea what you were really doing. You just figured it out. I figured that out. I figured that this would interest me. Maybe it'll interest somebody else. Right. And Facebook website. You were just exactly like, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm not going to wait for people to... To, to tell me what to do. I'm going to go figure it out. That's right. And so number one principle in business, you got to have faith. Right. If you're going to work for yourself and you're going to start your own business, you have got to have faith. Hmm. If you go into this thing thinking, I'm going to fall on my face and fail, don't do it. Right. Okay. And number two would be do something that you enjoy. And right. I enjoy talking to people about what happened. Did you mm. hear about what happened to Alex the other day or down over at the road the other day or that car that was turned over the mm-hmm. other day? Uh, you know, you, I'm, I'm a storyteller. So right. I just began to tell stories. Um, I did things totally different, and it still irks news people today. I give every community their props. Most of the time, wherever a story is written, it's what they put at the beginning of the story. Columbia, comma, South Carolina, in right. this space. Okay? I don't do that. Yeah, you do the small town part. That's right. There's Fairview Crossroads here. The people of Fairview Crossroads deserve recognition. So I put this morning that there was a car accident in Fairview Crossroads. Um, every little community in Lexington County, even if it's not a town with its own zip code, mm-hmm. um, I gave them their own identity. So they begin to think, hey, he cares about us and what's happening here. Right. Um, so talk So talk about the growth of it. I mean, just the rapid. You started happened. it and then boom, what happened? I started in 14, September 14. A um, few hundred people following it. 
and I would tease it on social media. I'd started a Twitter account, didn't even know what it was. <laughs> and I started a Facebook account I and I would put the headline and say, see more in the election ledger, put a link and it would link straight to the story. Okay. In the December of 14, our sheriff of 40 plus years, I think, got arrested. Yes, this was a huge news. And four guys decided to run for sheriff. None of them had ever held a public office. When I was a police chief, uh, one worked at the academy, one was an assistant police chief, and one was a detective at the sheriff's department. I called all four and said, I want to sit down and interview interview you face to face. Mm -hmm. And they all accepted. Wow, I didn't know that. So the sheriff of the county right now, I met at Starbucks. And first of all, I said, oh, my gosh, what kind of guy am I meeting? Because we're going to a Starbucks, and this is Lexington County. And he showed up in an old Z71 pickup truck with a worn-out Carhartt jacket on, and it made me feel a lot better right away yeah. about him. And he is now our sheriff and is in a, another full term now. Jay Coon, right? Jay Coon. Yeah. That's exactly right. So um, that sort of launched it a little further. But I was writing about Kids planting flowers at the elementary school. Right. Anything I could write about. And they're cleaning up at the school. I'll go down, take some pictures, write a story about it. Learning the whole time. Um, in, the, in the spring of 15, your Aunt Susan came to me and said, do you know how much your little hobby is costing us? Right. Well, no, but you do, <laughs> obviously. Right. So she said, yeah, you better figure out how to make a little money because you spent $300 last month on gasoline. Right. Driving around doing this. So I went to a local store, Shumpert's IGA, an independent grocer. And this man doesn't know how to turn on a computer. He sits behind his dad's desk in his granddad's house who he uses as an office. They started in 1892. Wow. This is a third, fourth generation business now of an independent grocer. I mean, everyone knows their commercial. Right. Guaranteed low prices. <laughs> that's IGA. Just, that's I mean, exactly right. Yeah. And uh, I love Frank because he can make his own decisions about his business. Mm-hmm. If you go in there with a product and you show it to him and he likes it, he'll say, okay, let's make some shelf space for it. And you can't do that in a regular grocery No, chain. you can't. That's cool. I walked in. I explained it to him. He dropped his note glasses down on his nose. He peered over the top. He said, I can't even cut this thing on. He pointed his computer on his desk. But I think you've got something here. And he wrote me a check. Hmm. And he wrote me a check two weeks ago, and he's been writing me a check every 12 weeks ever since. Unreal. And I wear a Shumpert's IGA hat everywhere I go. Mm -hmm. And he knows Paul. And he knows that Paul will tell people about what a great place it is. A lot of the produce has grown within a few miles of the store. Has he told you how the sales have grown since you've been working with him and stuff like yes, that? Yes, he has. And of course, then the, the, the pandemic has helped him a great deal. But his ideas are unbelievable. Um, that's another point I would make to a small business person. Find somebody that's smart, that's been successful in business, and listen to that person. At least take advice and ask right. advice. Look for a mentor. Frank Shepard told me one time, he said, I ask my people, are we still doing things like daddy did? Because... Daddy did a lot of good things, but today in 2021, there's some things we shouldn't be doing right. that dad did. Right. He's that kind of businessman. He's right. a smart guy. So let, let's 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 break here. So so you, let's give some statistics so people understand. I mean, because right now, I mean, they're probably thinking, okay, this guy started a newspaper, but they don't understand how big your online, non-printed newspaper has gotten from a guy who didn't have a Facebook really. Didn't have a website. No college education. By, no college <laughs> education. Did it by himself. You have, tell, tell our listeners some of your data points. All right. The highest I've ever had 
Floods of 15 hit Lexington County. I took an ice, I mean, excuse me, a Samsung S5 and a 13-year-old. Put the <laughs> phone in a Ziploc bag, took a Carhartt jacket with a hood on it and a roll of paper towels and run around all night in a flood to the point that there were times that the power steering belt slipped in the car and I'd lose the steering. Right. We covered the flood as easily as that on Facebook by making videos. You couldn't do Facebook Live. No such thing. Not at the time. Just no. take, make the video and upload it to Facebook. Sometimes you had to pull up to Sonic and use their free Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. Okay. That week, Facebook reached 750,000 people. Unbelievable. We went from about 8,000 followers, and my oldest daughter, Abby, your cousin mm-hmm. Abby, was working for me a little part-time. And every time we would get 1,000 followers, we would put up a banner. Right. 10,000 followers. Thank you. You know, she called me, Dad, we just hit 10,000. An hour later, she called me back, Dad, we just hit 11,000 followers. like crazy. It just grew exponentially. And you're at what today? We are at over 40,000 followers right now. And we are, it's it's grown that fast. And we grow um, 72 this week, something like that. It, show, it shows me percentages. Uh, we'll reach 250, 300,000 with a post very easily, depending on what it is. Sadly, if it leads, it bleeds. You know, I, I'll write about a Boy Scout. I'll write about a kid that gets a gold star for reading. Nothing. But also write about fires and things. Things I pour my heart into sometimes, I may get very little response for. And then I'll have a shooting and and you have 25,000 people. I was trying to think. There was a big thing that happened a few weeks ago, and I wanted to know the data points on that, but I can't remember what it was. There was a big story here recently. Oh, the gentleman that hit head on on Edmund Highway. He, he killed the- 15-year-old boy. Yes, he was a drunk guy. Yes, driver. it's happened two weeks ago. It yes. was a Hispanic fellow that crossed the center line. Three miles from here. Yep. Hit, hit another car, spun that car, and hit a vehicle with two brothers in it and yep. some other family members. Right. The brothers were 15 and 17. My wife knows the family. Right. Yeah. The 15 year old passed away a week later. The man's been charged with felony DUI uh, involving serious bodily harm and now felony DUI involving so death. So when you, when you do a, po- like, a story like that. I mean, does it just blow up because everyone's it so interested? It does blow up. And then there was an auxiliary story that came out of that that blew up. What was that one? Because the rumor, social media rumor, mm-hmm. got started that his mother lost her do- job at a national chain because she had to be at the hospital with them. Mm-hmm. The two brothers, okay? Was it a true story? Absolutely not. Yeah. So their mother's against drunk driver's advocate sent a press release out, and she sent it specifically to me and asked me to run it. It said, hey- this family needs your support. That is not true. She left her job at this chain for another reason. Right. But it is not that. Please do not pick at them. Do not call their corporate office. Do not be ugly to them. And that blew up. Hey, guys, this episode of the Down the Business Podcast is sponsored by me, Alex. I want to help you guys in your business, and I want to do some business consulting for you. So if you're interested in learning how I can help you in the areas of marketing, finance, growth, um, back-end softwares, whatever questions you have and how to help you take your business to the next level. I'm offering a five-session course right now where you can talk to me in person, over the phone, on FaceTime, whatever you want. So please DM us at the Down to Business Podcast or email me at alex at trusttrifecta.com to learn more details and get you to take your business to the next level in 2021. So what's amazing to me, Uncle Paul, is... Once again, just just what I hope our listeners are hearing is, if you want to make it happen, you make it happen. I mean, you took a, a, a Galaxy phone in a in a plastic bag, and you reached hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of people that week. When we people don't probably know the story, but we had historic floods here about five years thousand ago, thousand year floods, yeah, thousand year floods, and we had historic flooding, 
and a lot of people were scared to go out and cover it. And what you're saying is you you were willing, maybe not the smartest thing at the time. Yeah. <laughs> but, I'm an old firefighter, so right, that's right. You, yeah, you can float, right? <laughs> but um, you just made it happen. And that's something I've always, you know, you've got a lot of criticism for people who say oh, you're not professional enough. All the, the ridiculously stupid stuff people the say. Parodies were funny. Yeah. You know, like, oh, well, this guy, he's sitting there in a Carhartt jacket or, or whatever, right? I, I've seen some of the stuff. And I, I just am like, one, that's ridiculous that there's no, there's no forum for journalism or excuse me, not forum. There's no stand. What is, what's the standard of journalism? It's covering stories that matter to people and it's portraying stories in a positive light or a true or factual, factual, me, factual, factual light. And so I always thought it was so ridiculous when people who are really haters on you because you are blown, you're sort of blowing up the standard. Yes. And that's what I've always enjoyed about what you've done. And I, I want our listeners to understand is that's something I've tried to do in my business was what's the standard everyone's doing and how do we kind of infiltrate that and say, you know what, this does not have to be the status quo. Let me share something very unique with you that just happened last night. There is a, um, you know, like, like sports agents. Okay. They've all charged three or four or 5% commission for the longest time on eight on deals. So let's say if someone signs for a hundred million dollars, they get a $5 million check. Well, there's this interesting person. Um, her name's Rachel Luba, actually. She has decided with her top star player, they, they decided, hey, this doesn't make any sense. Why would you paying me $5 million for two months of negotiating a contract that lasts for 10 years? I shouldn't be paid for 10 years on a two-month work. Does that make sense? Sure. And so she is actually charging as an agent. She's one of the first ones to charge by the hour, just like a lawyer would, which has been so interesting to watch because I'm a baseball fan. I played my whole life to watch guys be willing to pay her maybe a little bit more per hour, but not have to pay her a huge commission for working two months instead of for 10 years because they're locked into their contract. So I use that story to say, because people are so upset at her. They're like, you're killing our industry, blah, blah, blah. She's like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm actually making a premium on my time so that eight years from now I can work on something else. And so talk a little bit about the pushback and the feet, you know, just the, the, the turmoil that you've had to push through the red tape, so to speak, from people who don't want you to be successful because you're not doing it the way they want you to. Well, there's a lot. There is a lot. The way I look, I have a beard. I wear a cap all the time. I wear Carhartt pants and a shirt that's untucked. And, um, and I wear a Carhartt jacket right. with, with a hood on it. I don't look like your normal scene television personality. Now I'm doing lots and lots of Facebook Live, and that's what I look like. But I have to remember that I have to connect with my audience. Who is my audience? If I'm in the middle of New York City, I'm dressed inappropriately. Sure. But I'm in the middle of rural Lexington County, and that's who my audience is. My major followers are in rural Lexington County. They trust me because I look like the guy next door that knows a lot. Sure. I had one call me this morning and ask me about a legal case. And I said, well, the reason the Sheriff's Department's not responding to you is because that's a civil issue. They had a pet sitter that did a bad job, and they wanted me to trash this person. That's not illegal. That's the reason the sheriff's department hasn't done anything. And I can't trash this person for you because they haven't, I, I don't know more than what you just told me. Right. But that's a civil issue. Then they say, well, where do I go from here? Well, you need to go to the local magistrate and work through a civil right. issue with them. They come to me as the, the old wise guy with advice. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. And I don't mean wise guy as in the mobbed up guy, but somebody that's been around and knows a lot, you know? Um, and I look like them. I act like them. I talk like them. I don't put on airs. I don't talk down to them. Which is so authentic. And that's why I think you're so popular. 
Well, and that comes a lot from my EMT and paramedic and firefighter training. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, depending on what part of the county you, you when in Lex County has got some very affluent areas, the area where we grew up and you now live is very affluent, very well uh, educated professional people. Right. When I go up there, I'm going to talk a whole lot differently than when I get to Possum College Road on the other side of <laughs> Swansea, South Carolina. If I go down there, I've seen new paramedics get out of a truck and go in and talk about uh, diabetes men- mentalitis. Right. And I say, honey, you got sugar. Because if you got the sugar, I think your sugar's a little out of whack. Right. You know, she understands and associates with me. Right. And I don't, I call it being a chameleon. I don't do it purposefully, but I need to connect with this person. You're absolutely right. I mean, in again, let's transfer this into business because you, you couldn't be more right. It is per, per your customer, per your person, per your audience, you need to be, our listeners need to understand, you don't talk the same way. You don't, you know, there's a verse in the Bible where Paul, the apostle, is talking about, I'm trying to be all things to all people. And to sort of go off that, yeah, if you're talking to a widow, you need to have more compassion and grace and understanding. If you're talking to a businessman, you need to get to the point. Is that, and that's kind of what you're saying, right? Yeah, I, mean, I got you, offered a job last year from a big bank, a national chain, because a woman called me and it had nothing to do about news. She called me and said, the bank's got my money, my husband's died, and they won't give me my money. And what do I need to do? I want you to write a story about it. I said, ma'am, it's probably a piece of paper. Let me call I called up there, had her on the phone, told the young man that I had her on the phone. Mm-hmm. It's on a three-way call. And I said, what paperwork do we need to get straight so that she can get her money? And he went off. I said, ho, stop. I told you this woman's on the phone with us. All I want you to tell me is where I need to go to get the right paperwork. Well, it's the probate court. Mm. Thank you. That's what I needed in that. I went to the probate court. I went and got the, the papers. I filled them out for her. I took a notary and somebody else out there with me that said they would do it for free. And we went out there and got him, and they got her money. Then I called the bank and complained. And when I got through, the Southeast region's customer service manager said, do you want a job? I said, I have a job. Doing what? What did they uh, offer you? Customer service. Okay. He said, because what you did is what Iron Man should have done. He listened to her with compassion. He heard what she was saying. He realized she was just confused about what was going on. We were not holding her money because we just were going to steal her money. All right. We were holding her money because there was a piece of paper that the law says we have to have sure. from the private court. Sure. Okay. And you fixed the problem. And he said, I'll counsel our young employee at that branch about that, but I would love to have you teach that. I said, I might do it on a contract basis, but I don't want a full-time job. <laughs> so, That's so you know, interesting. But it's, it's just, there are people that have forgotten, Alex, that you have to relate to who you're talking to. Right. And that is very, very important. You have to be relatable. I couldn't agree more. I mean, and in, in business, and that's what we're talking about. It, business is relationships. And I couldn't agree more with what you're saying, Uncle Paul. I mean that sincerely because I think, and it's sobering to hear you say it because it's so easy to get caught up in the numbers and the employees and the what you need to get and all that stuff. And you forget about the one thing that you're doing this for, and that's to serve people and to make sure you're making them happy and smile. I mean, that's exactly right. That's it. And, and, and if you don't have that, all the other stuff is just wasted motion. Um, yeah, what were you going to say? I, I had a young man one time that came to me who has had a hard life. He's had some felonies, been in prison. You said he had hard times. Hard life, life okay. yes. Yeah. Very hard life as a child. I knew him as a child. Right. Um, he's now gotten his life together. He's married. He's got a beautiful little girl. Uh, he's raising another child that uh, to a, from, from another family member. Sure. Uh, and he's working and doing a good job. But he has a lot of tattoos. Um, 
I was considering him for a sales job. Now, he, he moved on to something that he was a little better at. Mm-hmm. But he had tattoos all the way down to his wrist. Right. Will this bother if I do sales for you? I said, son, don't worry about it as long as you can cover them up with a long sleeve shirt. There are places I want you to go in there flying those. Right. If you're going to the Harley shop, the guy down the road <laughs> that works on the motorcycles, I go in there with a short sleeve shirt on, go, go with the sleeveless shirt. Right. But if you're going in to see uh, an attorney, put on a long sleeve shirt, put on a tie. It's to relate to who you're talking to. Right. Know who you're going to meet. If I go and see my best customer, Mr. Shumpert, who owns Shumpert's IGA, I haven't seen the man in a tie. Never seen the man in a tie. I go in with a button-down shirt, open at the top. He'll think something's wrong. <laughs> if you came in with a tie, he'd think something's wrong with you. Right. Him. Exactly right. So it's 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 a matter of relating to your That's customers good. and then knowing your audience, knowing knowing your customer, what they want, and trying to fill that need. Let me, let's talk about one last thing before we wrap up. I think a word to describe you is relentless. You have had a relentlessness of growing your business and helping other people and covering stories. What do you tell a young business owner who is sort of comfortable with where they're at? Um, not in a good way, you know, stagnant, comfortable. Um, how, how do you how do you get someone to to get that resilient fire under their under their belly? I, I'll be honest with you. I'd say Google it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what and what what do I mean is Google how your business is changing. Look at the ones around you. Right. Um, I'm going to have to make some changes. Mm-hmm. I don't understand Instagram. I certainly don't understand Pinterest. Mm-hmm. But I have young business friends who do. Right. I had one one time that said, let me explain to you uh, Instagram. It's all about pretty pictures. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I did not get that at first. Right. Um, I'm going to have to go sit down and ask him about Pinterest. Uh, but uh but it's, look, never stop, never get too comfortable. And if you get to the point where you get in a funk and you're just not enjoying it anymore, consider changing into something good, else. That's a good point. If you I, stay in the shower 15 minutes more every morning because you don't want to go to work, consider doing something mm, else. That's a good barometer. Yeah, we have a lot of listeners that um, either <clears throat> are business owners or they're thinking about starting a business because they don't like what they're currently doing. And I think what you just said gives them a lot of courage to do that. That 50, if, if you're... If you're dreading, you know, if what for Dave Ramsey, I think has a great quote where he says, if you're on Monday, you can't wait till Friday. And on Friday, you can't, you're dreading Monday, do something else. Yeah. And there's some great ones out there. You know, there, there's another motivational speaker that says, if you fall down, land on your back, because if you can look up, you can get up. And if you can get up, you can right. go again. Uh, your dad and I have that same thing. There's a lot of people that get to a base of a mountain and they sit down and they put a chair there and they go, oh, my life is over. There is a mountain in front of me, whereas we as a generation and we as brothers, we got to the base of the mountain. We said, how are we going to get over this? We're going to dig under. We're going to go over. We're going to go around somewhere. We're going to get to the other side and it's not going to stop. You you and my father are two of the most hardworking people I know. (laughs) And you're right. It is about, you know, how are you going to figure it out? And and that's kind of a phrase we use at our company is make it happen. You know, it's how are you just going to you just going to make it happen? And sometimes it's pretty. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's messy. Sometimes it's totally opposite of the way you thought you'd have to make it, you know, do it, but you get it done. And I think that's what's impressive about, you know, your business with the the Lexington Ledger online uh, newspaper is everyone, you know, all the odds were against you. No education, no experience, really, except for writing some food, some cool food stuff. Um, And no understanding of really the the online stuff, which is what your whole business is, which is incredible. I mean, you don't have a, you do have a radio show, but it's online. Yes. Like you don't have a, you don't have a one Oh six, five station. Like a lot of people 
which is incredible because, I mean, you're getting seven to a thousand people watching live at a time, right? Right. So it's just amazing. So, um, Uncle Paul, really appreciate you being on the podcast today. Uh, people can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else they listen to podcasts. And uh, tell people where they can find, and if they're interested in looking at your um, your newspaper, where they can find you. Well, it's on it's online. Very easy to find. TheLexingtonLedger.com. Um, and on social media, we have what we call the Mothership. We have mm-hmm. actually have 14 pages for different communities. But the Mothership is the Lexington Ledger. And it's SWLX, Facebook.com forward slash SWLX Ledger. So that'll get it there. Well, thank you again, Uncle Paul, for giving us your time. I know you're a busy man. We really appreciate you inspiring people to get up, make it happen. Um, This is the Down to Business podcast, where we make your business our business, guys. We're here every Monday with episodes with awesome guests. We discuss life, business, everything in between. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you next week.